You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. This is the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with me, of course, Mr. Michael Philpott. And we're going to have, a, again, an exciting show today. We're going to talk about all things about signs, synchronicities. we got an amazing guest, uh, very parallel. We're going to have parallel stories. And it was really, really interesting. So I'm really excited to talk about that. Lillian, before we get started, I always like to say thank you to all my listeners Got to say a big shout out and thank you to that because it's because of you guys. I'm back. I'm back early. Um, I got a lot of a lot of love and DMs from you. So over the time, so I've been really appreciate that. So if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple, please give it a five star. You know, leave leave a little comment. The, the algorithm loves that. And also, if you can watch the video on YouTube, I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel. It's been hidden. It's hiding. It just needs a little bit of love. So I need your love and support there. So hit that like button subscribe you know i'm trying to get at least over a thousand uh subscribers so and then also i'm also producing on rumble too just to keep all the different platforms available so depending on what you want and then also too this show is funded by you the listener um it's it's uh it's all about donations to really help uh, support the show i'm trying to keep it commercial free i don't want any advertisers i don't want commercials um so again if you want to support, there's links in each episode description. Hopefully they're working. Sometimes they don't work for some reason, but hopefully they do work. That being said, that was a bit of a mouthful. I'm going to have to have a quick quick drink here. Liliana, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm really happy to, uh, to see you today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, when I got your, uh, your book, I was really, really excited about that because this is something... My audience loves it. Well, I actually love it too, to be honest with you. I love all things, signs and synchronicities. I love about messages, developing the whole idea of guidance and understanding guidance too as well. And your book was really, really fascinating. And I really appreciate that because there's also some practical stuff in it too as well, which I really like because I'm all about, I love information, but I love practicality along with that too as well. And interesting, like I said in the beginning, we have kind of similar parallel journeys in in our lives. And I was just like, okay, if anybody's going to get me in my life, this lady is going to understand me really, really well. And I think a lot of my listeners are going to understand you too as well. So let's talk about the book for a second. You know, what was the motivation behind writing this book? Well, um, that's an excellent question. I just wanted to share an amazing discovery I made during a very traumatic period of my life. Uh, that discovery brought answers to many questions I had, and it gave me a clearer vision of the way I saw myself and my place in the universe. That's when I realized that I'm not alone. I was never alone. I was, I was all along receiving guidance from the universe, whether or not I was aware uh, of it. You see, my life has been an amazing journey during which I experienced deep pain, but also great joy. Most of my life, many people, <clears throat> um, like many people, I had the impression that there was more to me than my physical body. 
but I never spent much time thinking about it and how or why things happen to me. Oftentimes people would say, oh, you're so lucky. And I would just shrug and say, well, that was coincidence without really thinking of what I was saying uh, very deeply. But then a few years ago, I experienced a life-threatening medical condition that caused me to slow down and think about all the terrible as well as exceptional things that occurred during my life. I found myself starting to reflect on all the events that led me to where I was then. So many stories came back to my mind from as far back as when I was a very young child. As I revisited them with my eyes, mind, and heart wide open, I started to make many major changes in the way I approach life. This led me to an even bigger discovery. Most of us had or are having to also deal with exceptional situations. And many of us have serious questions about how and why we're here. And I was reflecting on this question and the answer that came to me, I realized I was being given a message a message that was not only true for myself, but also for everyone else asking similar questions. You can't keep this to yourself. You have to share this truth with others. And this led me to write Wings from Above. Yeah, wow. So yeah, I really love the the stories uh, at the beginning of it, because it really just showcases your life. And I had this, I had to really stop in, in put the book down a couple of times because it was triggering my own stuff too as well. Cause I was reading that and it's like, Jesus, that's so rough. And it's like, damn, I understand that. And especially now, if you want to talk about, you know, this, uh, this is the recent stuff. I mean, if you want to touch onto the, the older stuff uh, as a childhood, but I think the, the current stuff that you were just facing too, as well in the book, I think that's really significant because I can actually talk to and, and appreciate that. Cause that's very similar to what I was going through. And it was interesting. It made me look at the synchronicities of my own disease that I've been battling with. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah, there was. Because when you're in the muck, I don't know if you really, when you're in the darkness, it's really hard to see the guidance and the similarities or the synchronicities that lined up. Like, I still, like, I still think about, I can't believe that actually happened. Yeah, and, and have you have you by any chance downloaded the workbook that comes with it? No, there I have Okay, because for, for the readers out there, mm -hmm. as you read and you discover episodes that are similar to what you have experienced, or maybe it will trigger something in you, it will take you somewhere where you say, oh, I had something, hmm. oh, it's not the same, but hmm. This is a synchronicity, etc. So that workbook allows to write down, jot down a few words, and then you can always come back later and add if you want to write it down. But at least at the end of the book, it's a 15-page um, workbook. So you can write things down. At the end of the book, I'm quite certain that many, many people out there will have plenty of synchronicities to tell. They just did not realize that these were synchronicities and that they were guided. Um, they were watched over during their life. Because we, we don't know these things. I was one who never thought about it. Um, you know, it was, 
oh, well, I wish very strongly and oh, things happen, that's great, etc. You know, I followed my intuition. That's that that really was a savior. But many people out there just act, there is something they want. Hmm. They have a choice, they make that, but they don't really think what's what's behind, what guides them, what shows them different possibilities that are maybe offered to them. And with this book, my intent is to let people know that we have the choice. We're not, you know, little puppets and uh, we have to do something. We have the choice. Um, when something bad happened, we have a choice. I'm not talking of death or, or things like that. We have to process. So we can't really force the issue. We have to let time heal uh, ourselves. But for the rest, for all the little things in life that are, you know, just annoying, there are so many things we can do to just fix them. <laughs> we don't see them anymore. And then when we have something uh, important like you, your, your cancer or my illness, that's when you have time. <laughs> I mean, not that you want to, but you're in bed, you, you have plenty of time to think. So you have the choice between thinking, poor me, oh my God, or say, hmm, I wonder what this is trying to teach me. Yeah. And once I started thinking that way, then suddenly I had so many things come to me. I still didn't know what it was. I just followed guidance. You know, you should call this person. You should do this and that. I did. Two weeks later, I had the appointment, an appointment with the specialist who was going to do a surgery that had never been done before. So it, it did happen with me. I was, yes, when we are, um, going through a very difficult time, we get depressed, we don't see the signs and synchronicity, even if we know they're there, we, we just can't, we don't have the strength. But <clears throat> once we um, once we realize they are there, then it makes life easier. For me, I was I was getting deeper and deeper in depression because for 18 months, I had no clue what I had and nobody ever said the word tumor or cancer, nobody. So <clears throat> I was really getting depressed. I was trying to get um, different opinions from different doctors, but always they were attached to the same hospital or they knew each other. So the last one I saw did not even uh, look at me, what I had. He looked in the computer to assess, to see what other doctors had done. And then he turned towards me and, and I, the nerve to say, hmm, in a case like yours, oftentimes we remove the whole bone and teeth. I said, and well, then you have to go through constructive surgery. I was so mad. I didn't show it, but I was so mad. And that was the best thing that could happen to me. Very mad. I said, enough is enough. I'm back. I'm going to fight this. And then two weeks later, I had an appointment in Belgium because <laughs> that's where I decided to go. Oh, I was encouraged or pushed to go. And I saw the doctor who did the surgery on me. Six months later, I was back here in the States, not disfigured. And wow. it was not cancer, but we still, because it was 
tumor in the bone and the bone was expanding inside my mouth and inside the sinus. So that's a bit close to the brain. Yeah, it's it's a terrible feeling because it just you can imagine the pressure and the swelling on the back of your palate, but also the swallowing muscles and then your eyes too as well, the pressure. And, and also and also put something in my mouth. If it was too hard, it would hurt because the growth was starting inside my mouth. And I was told, oh, you don't have to do anything um, except if it becomes very uncomfortable. You don't have to have an X-ray or anything. <laughs> so anyway, I'm so glad all that is behind and that for you too, actually. Uh, we can look at things now with a clearer view, but we've learned a lot yeah. uh, during that, uh, those periods. Yeah, it certainly was. It was a certain learning. Now, do you think that that switch in focus from being the victim to more empowering yourself, do you think that was the switch that really yes. made you realize that, okay, now I'm going to start fighting this. I'm not going to just sit down and lie down. Is that we we move from being a victim to more empowered in oh, dealing yes. with that? And is was that the switch that really helped you elevate? Just look at for and pay attention to the signs and the synchronicities. Well, maybe it in came your life? with it because suddenly I reopened. I was all enclosed. So when you're enclosed, you don't see. There is like a dark veil around you or a cloud, so you can't see through. So when I said enough is enough, suddenly my whole behavior my whole demeanor changed and i told myself okay well how much time do you have nobody was telling me but it was growing <laughs> so i said well if i have two years what do i want to achieve if i have a year, one year what do six months what do i want to achieve by doing that it was very positive in many ways you know i mean <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, if you look at it from the outside, it's not. But once you're in, it is a very positive thing because you become, um, you 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 take your own power back. You're not going to let others, you know, just manipulate you. So, I told myself, what is this teaching me? And then suddenly, I had you know little thing that happens to you it's not it's not logical but uh, i wrote to my doctor uh, back in brussels i had not seen him for 5 years he did not respond about a week later and i was i was surprised but you know he was at an age where he could retire so i said well okay maybe he's, he's retired and i went to the gym uh, very close by and it was pouring so i wanted to uh, uh, to park not too far from the, the, the door, of course. And I saw a parking spot. I said, okay, well, I'm going to wait. So I waited. A car passed me, went to park two slots further. I had not seen it. And I told myself, hmm, hmm, it was right here. I did not see it. And suddenly, I suddenly what came to my mind was, oh, maybe I should not have been so um react so fast i should not have written to that doctor but the surgeon i know in a um, cancer hospital i knew him uh because he had worked on on a tumor i had years before and so i contacted him three days later i had oh yes uh, i contacted a doctor who is a specialist who can help you i sent him all the details you gave me 
um, is waiting for you to call, make an appointment. Two weeks later, I saw him. And that's how everything started. And from then on, I didn't have much to do. I just followed guidance. You know, it was go here, go there, go there. And um, before that, it was a constant fight because I, I just did not know. And and when you're depressed, you, you can't think, you know, oh, you no. have to open up. You have to open everything and suddenly mm, little things appear and you can you can choose. Yeah. So that's that's how it happened. But uh, yeah, that happened pretty fast. Did you find when once you opened up, everything happened really fast oh, between yes. between visiting, between getting to know the information, and then to to your surgery is like usually because any medical system, whether you're in Europe, United States, Canada, wherever you are, there's always a delay. It always seems to be backed up, or there's always issues. You hear that all the time, but there are sometimes things happen, and you can't explain it. Like. It went, I know it went like that so fast. Yeah, I could not believe it. I saw the doctor, and right away he called the nurse that would be assigned to me. <laughs> I was not used to that, and he said she'll be your contact between you and me. So if you need anything in the meantime, just contact her. And indeed, she was just um, wonderful. Um, and when I saw him ten minutes later. He told me, oh, why don't you sit on the chair over there? So there were some machines, etc. I sat, whoop, he put something in my nose. He was doing a probe via the nose to go and see. It had never been done here, I asked. And they said, oh, no, we don't do that. So we have to open. They said, we have to open via the mouth. And then we put a removable plug. How about that? <laughs> and it's laughable now. I was yeah. not laughing then, but now I said, <laughs> what in the world <laughs> but um anyway so that doctor uh told me right away he said it's a tumor i don't think it's cancerous but i will do i will do a probe so i came back to the i went back to belgium two months later did a probe and then i had the appointment for the full surgery um i mean it was just done so well and then at the hospital <laughs> same thing that i know is synchronicity uh, i asked for a room to be by myself you know i just wanted to, to, to be alone they gave me the best room in the hospital i never asked for it it's it's like a, a semi-circular full windows view on the old brussels and a tower um, from the 12th century and the sky, of course. I mean, it was gorgeous. People were so nice. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I felt so nurtured all the time. And um, yeah, I mean, and then you read in my book, it was so strange at night, that tower. Couldn't sleep too well because I had a tube in my nose going straight into my stomach for 29 days. It was attached to a patch. So that's how I was fed because I couldn't eat. And so I woke up at night several times, and soon after I arrived, one night, I saw a couple of lights in the tower. I'm talking about one in the morning. I said, that's strange, but maybe security light or something, you know. And then uh, I woke up maybe two hours later. The light had moved. They were in other part of the tower. I said, there must be somebody staying there, maybe security guard or somebody. 
And, and every night it was that way. But every night I felt happy. I looked, I said, hmm, who are you? Who are you? Because <laughs> I didn't know nobody. Uh, I mean, people I asked about the tower knew nothing except that nobody is in the tower. It's a museum during the day that closes at night, period. <laughs> So what so, do you think that was? Do you think it was spirit? Well, I went, I know now, because as soon as I left the hospital, I went to the museum and asked questions. And again, synchronicity. I was saying, you know, in the middle of the night, I see lights in different windows. Um, is somebody staying here? No, nobody. We close at seven. Hmm. I wonder, because really, I saw lights. Well, you should talk to the manager. She happened to just pass by that manager. Is that synchronicity? They, oh, go, go, go. So I talked with her. And when I told her, well, I can prove that there were lights, she ran away almost to the elevator and said, oh, they must be ghosts, they must be ghosts. And I was, yeah, yeah, those were my guides. I was, I had the feeling that it was my guides for me to just say, hey, we're here. <laughs> you know? We're paying because attention to you. I didn't feel anything that was uh, scary or it was just, hmm, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that because so many times when we're, we're, we're suffering things like that, we're not, we're not really paying attention to little things, like the little subtle things where, you know, it could be like just as simple as the same bird on your perch of your window constantly showing up, pecking at it just to let you know whether, and it could be like a, you know, any type of bird that you're familiar with, but it's just some way spirit always uses animals or lights or things just to let you know that you're there. So do you remember, do you remember your first experience connecting with spirit and understand like connecting with your guidance? You know, until then, I never th thought of spirit. Until I became a healer, we started to talk about these things, guardians, etc. But it's only, it's really when I had that illness and I had to, to, to dig much deeper into that, that I realized that it was not just because I wish it or there was much more to it. And that's when I started to talk to my guides. I discovered my guides. And at night when I wrote the book, what I did, I would connect with them. And it was very interesting because I could hear, I mean, in my mind's ear, I could hear, um, sometimes I would ask a question, especially because uh, all the stories I had when I was a little child, I didn't want to embellish or to make them too dramatic. I just wanted to tell them as they were, because by themselves, they are interesting. Uh, but I don't need to... to uh, to make them up. So I wanted to make sure that some of the things that were a little bit fuzzy, if I was accurate or not. So I would talk, I would simply ask questions. And it was so fascinating, uh, some of the answers uh, I received. Very yeah. interesting. So it's at that time that I really discovered uh, my guides. And the guardian angel that I have had for a long time is St. Michael. And amazingly, St. Michael is the patron saint of Brussels, where I was. I had forgotten that, you know, <laughs> until I went back to Brussels. And that was just before the surgery. 
that was after the, the probe. I was walking around and um, I looked some, well, even some garbage cans, but also some, some lamp poles. They're made of cast iron, I mean, in the old area of Brussels. And you have the effigy of St. Michael on them. <laughs> I said, hi, hi, Ooh, I'm so glad you're following me. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so that was, that was really quite something. Yeah, um, it's, it's so comforting to know that too as well. And if you open up your heart and you just allow, I think it's part of it is just surrendering to something greater. And I mean, that's the word. That's, that's the accurate word to surrender. Yes, it's not give up because some people, if you say surrender, think you're giving up. No, surrender is there is a problem, just embrace it and see what you can do about it to to keep your power. I mean, that's more what surrender is to me. Um, but it it really was fantastic. So people out there who are having a lot a lot of issues. Um, there are quite a few exercises they can do to reopen, because the key is to be open, not closed like that. If you're closed, then you can't see, you can't feel. Uh, we get a lot of the messages via the senses, but also the psychic senses, not only the eyes, but um, the ears, the touch, the knowing, etc. So if, if we are totally closed on ourselves because of, of the pain, because of a lot of well, the situation, then it's impossible to, to see the signs that would guide us and all the messages that we receive. Yeah. You know, to be honest, it was only after my illness that I really see a lot of the stuff that came up. So when I was, when, when you're like, same thing, I mean, when you have cancer. I was dealing with cancer and a lot of people, some people know, I don't always talk about it too much on my channel here, but it was, it wasn't until, cause I was in so much pain and the treatments were God awful. They were just the most awful. And anybody who's been through cancer treatments, they understand what I'm talking about. And it was God awful. And I just remember there were times I was just, I was so low. And like you talk about that depression, I couldn't, I couldn't see straight, but there are times because I thought I, I might have done enough work prior to be open because, you know, of my own energy practice and I have a little bit of understanding. It really helped. And, and part of it was also the community I had built around me that, you know, you know, were kind of, you know, lovingly say, you know, pay attention sometimes, you know, like that. And, you know, part of me was like, would you just shut up? I'm, I feel like I'm dying here. I, I don't want to talk about the angels and guides. Like I was just so much in my pain. I just, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't, I was just like, leave me the frick alone. I just, I think I was going to, I was, I was actually at one time, to be honest with you, I was hoping, I wish I would die on the floor. There was, mm -hmm. that was that bad. It was just that bad. I think I was down to like, I was, I lost about almost 40 pounds. I couldn't walk. I, I couldn't eat. And it just felt like, you know, just the thing. But then I'm sitting there and my phone for some reason, it wasn't like I thought it was on and something would pop up on my phone. And it was just somebody had this little motivational thing. And it was about and it was just it was this, actually this gentleman, his name is David Goggins. And a lot of people may know who he is. He's this former Navy SEAL guy, Mr. Motivation, they call him. But he talked about this principle. I talked about what if. 
this what if principle. So he always says, what if? So ask the question, what if? And I was like, because part of my thinking was at that process is like, how can I go through one more treatment? I, can, I can't go to another day of radiation again. I can't take another chemo treatment. Like literally, I think these guys are going to kill me. And I just remember him saying that and it came up and it was just like, I'm lying on the floor. My phone looks, I look up my phone and that came up and I was like, oh, what if? What if just had one more day? So break it down. What if I can just get through the next hour? What if I can get through the next treatment? So always just, I broke it down, but it was the synchronicities. And it's the things from your book, I can look back now and go, oh my God, that mm -hmm. was one of the synchronicities that happened. And mm -hmm. then this is another interesting thing too. It happened really quickly. The time I got diagnosed, the time I got into treatment was very, very quick. And I was really surprised because you know, you go for test and you go for this test and you go for that test and it takes for a while. And it was like, bang, 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 bang. It was less than a month between all my appointments. I was in the hospital getting treated already. It was just absolutely thing. And I'm just so happy now because that your book really made me pay attention to all the good stuff around me. And like the friends that showed up to help me, all the mm. little signs that I didn't think would ever exist was absolutely beautiful. Like, oh, like now I can look, like you said, I had to learn a lot. I mean, during the process, it totally sucked. I'm not going to lie. It was like the worst thing I've ever, you know, one of the worst things I've ever incorporated. But in that moment now, I can look back and kind of be grateful. And then like you say, the signs and synchronicities and the guidance were all around me. I just was closed off. Yeah. And, and. It's that way to all of us. I mean, I'm not any anything special. I just happened to have discovered that because of an illness. Otherwise, I could have gone on, you know, following my intuition. That was good enough because I, there were lots of wonderful things happening in my life. But I could also have, uh, you know, just missed a lot, a lot of very important things. Now I see things much better. So it, it's really very beneficial, and that's why now I'm on a path to help others do that too. And that's why I started teaching. I'm preparing an eight-week uh, online course that will be available next, uh, probably next February. I'm teaching a course here where people who read my book asked me, when are you going to teach? You want to take? So I said, okay, well, you are going to be my beta group. So it's great because I see them every two weeks. And that way it helps me build the main course. Because the two, two uh, one is a university professor who taught uh, creative English, another one is a professor, etc. So I said, please, if there is something you see that should be changed or let me know because that's the, the that's the best way for me to have a good product. So don't hesitate. Yeah. So started that, and then some parents said, "Why not you write a book for children because they need that?" And I was, are you doing that? I'm I'm doing it. Wow. We need now. Actually, I had a book for children that is about Christmas. You know the magic of Christmas because I create a huge, huge display inside the house. Um, and it's related to my book because I did that because I hated Christmas. I was disappointed. I was so depressed during that period when my son was born. I said, enough. 
create something beautiful for him. So 37 years ago, I started to create a display. So many people came, etc. The TV came. And um, now, because I created stories about the display, so I'm starting one which I will illustrate as well. And I, I started, the story is done. I mean, it's true, but it's done. And then I started have a lot of sketches of what I want to put. And then the other one will be based on wings from above with the same messages, but adapted to little children. So I have to see the age groups. Um, and I want to write like fairy tales or little children who, you know, they, there is a problem at school and how can it be resolved? So there'll be two, a boy and a girl, and they have those, not that it's special power, but they are still connected so they can find ways to get out of problems, you know, but more like a fairy tale. And, and the, the thing is for children to feel that the way they think, like, imaginary friend, etc. It's okay, it's all normal, you know? And then messages about compassion, paying attention to those who suffer, etc. So I want to have several books where there will be a theme each time. Yeah, that sounds so, so that, that sounds fantastic, especially the book about, the, you know, children, because um, so many of the clients I've seen over the years, they have, their kids are having a lot of these, uh, you know, I would call them psychic phenomenons and things like that. They don't understand them. They're seeing grandpa in the uh, at the at the edge of the bed, but they never met grandpa, but they know it's grandpa. And, you know, these natural abilities, because the veil is so thin with, with young ones, and it's a yes. natural process that we, yes. as we get older, we lose that connection. We lose mm -hmm. that that imagination, that connectedness uh, to uh, to our guidance but little system. Kids, little kids are still there. They're still connected. Yeah, they are. And they're so connected. And it's just, yes. it's funny to listen to them, you know? It's like, because I've had a few of their, their parents says, okay, what's going on with my kid? And I say, this is all natural. This is like something, this is good. This is what you really want to happen with your kids. So and, with, and, go ahead, no, go ahead. One little thing, for instance, for kids, my granddaughter last year, she was four. She wanted to play outside in the garden, just in one area where there was one sting bug. And at that time, she was very afraid of sting bugs. I said, okay, well, you know, it's a home. So, but close your, put your hands on your heart, close your eyes. Now, can you see the sting bug in your mind? Yes. Okay, now you can talk to the sting bug. You don't have to talk a lot, but you can talk. You can say that uh, it's a home, but you, you want to play here and you'd be so happy to have a little bit of space because she scares you, you know, little things that little kids understand. And as she was saying that, the steam bug was running away. <laughs> so I said, open your eyes and, oh, you know, little kids, it's so cute when they are, oh, it worked. And I said, and now you can make it work for other things too. Wow. When something is wrong in your life, and you see, this is what I do. put your put your hand on your heart, close your eyes, and so I gave her little details on what to do with people, with animals, with things in general, and that's what I want to put in a, you know, in the story. She might have a grandmother, or there probably would be a grandfather, or uh, little things like that that are fun <laughs> it's, it was so cute as to see oh, oh. <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, they just have that that little glow at that age, right? They're just mm -hmm. they're so, so it's they're so innocent and they're just so connected <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, it's just a wonderful thing. And it's nice because you know that positive reinforcement is gonna, you know, she's gonna remember those type of stories. And if it gets reinforced in that way, in a very positive way, it, it could be so beneficial later on in life. But you know, because as we grow up, you know, we, we, you know, even in our teen years, they're, they're always hectic and chaotic. We trying to figure out for guidance. We're all over the place. And then, you know, after we get, you know, the teenage years, we're out of high school, we're into college, trying to figure out what we can do. And the guidance could really, really save you a lot of aggravation down the road. And if you're paying to the signs and, you know, the synchronicities, it could really help navigate your life a little bit easier. It won't be so yes. difficult. And then in the meantime, if things do get difficult, you can look for solutions through your guides, through the signs and synchronicities. Mm -hmm. And that being said, I just wanted to ask you, what would be the difference between a synchronicity and fate or chance, or are they all the same thing? Well, chance, synchronicities is really two events that do not seem to be connected. And somehow they do connect and oh wow this is happening chance um you meet some but it might not be always meaningful for you see synchronicity is meaningful okay something that happened by chance you go to the store you bump into somebody that you know that by chance okay now if you bump into somebody that you know that you haven't seen maybe for 10 years and suddenly you are reconnecting because it's like time at not, you know, there is no time and you're going to meet again, etc. That's a little bit different because one, there is there is an action which will be you meet, you renew the friendship, and because of that event, which is a synchronicity, then your friend again, you you know, you reconnect. The other one, you might just say hi, you know, in passing, but there is no really an interaction that by chance you might, you know, it might result in something positive, but it's a coincidence. Coincidence is more, you don't have as, uh, I'm, I'm saying the word coincidence, not meaningful coincidence. Meaningful coincidence is more like synchronicity. Coincidence by itself, again, two events that are, not necessarily related, but do they really, I mean, things may happen, but I I use the word synchronicity because it, it's very meaningful to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I like that. I like that analogy too, as well. I think it's, it's a little more specific. It's a yeah. little more, more focus oriented on the stuff that you need at that particular time. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always find with synchronicities, I usually, my own personal opinion, I just find a little more divinely inspired, if that makes sense, in some mm -hmm. ways, the synchronicities versus like just a chance meeting of somebody. But I have heard the analogy with, with coincidence is that you're co-intenting. So the two people together the coincidence is that you're co-creating the event with the other person because the other person has been thinking about you and you've been thinking about the other person. It could be just a thought. And then all of a sudden there you're at the grocery store and there's Jim or Sue or whoever, you know, you've been thinking of showed up. 
So there's that, there's always that premise too, as well. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about in your book too, is about some of the practical applications to kind of, you know, some of these exercises that some of my listeners can take away from today as about really paying attention to the signs and synchronicities. So what are some of the things, if you can just kind of give us a bullet point, maybe a little bit of what's in the book. So, you know, people can kind of go, oh, that makes sense. I can do that. So maybe if you can maybe start with something like that, that'd be fantastic. Before talking about exercising, exercises mm -hmm. in my book, I have the blockage, all the blockages. Actually, Not you know what? That's even, okay, that's even better. Thank you for that. You know, because yeah, that because was that's very. That's my next class <laughs> that I'm going to teach. So <laughs> it's right down Yes, It's very important because all of us have blockages, no matter what, you know. Okay. Uh, the longer we live, the more blockages we have, etc. So anyway, it's right there. And when you have blockages, it prevents you from seeing further than this, or you don't see anything at all because you're blocked. Uh, and it would be, it could be due to the ego. So the with the ego, you you get a sign, but eh, nah. No, that's not for me. Oh, I know that already. You know, I mean, the ego, the way it makes us react. It could be anger, hatred. All that makes your heart so hard and dark. And you can't receive anything because no matter what comes, you react in a way that is, it's very, very negative, etc. I mean, there is a, a long list that I gave. Um, and it's it's in the book. Um, did I say anger? Yeah. So uh, you said you said anger was one of them too as well. The ego, yeah. you know, being yeah. arrogant, you know, like okay, I yeah, already yeah. know the stuff, or yeah, you know, they just you know, or dismissive. It's like yeah, you dismiss it. Oh, it's not convenient. Procrastination too is another way because you see, yeah, well, I'll do that tomorrow, maybe. Then things happen, and if you don't, etc. So there are lots of things that make us uh, either not see or we see, but we decide not to follow guidance. So and yeah, so sorry, let me interrupt you. So how do we trust that? That was one of the things it was really hard for me is to trust what I'm getting is right for me and take out my ego. I'm trying to take out the ego, trying to take out, because I think a lot of people out there don't trust the information that they're getting. And I've heard that a lot. And now I know my own self, I struggle with that. I'm really good at helping other people, but sometimes my trusting my own intuition, my own signs and symptoms and uh, signs and symptoms, signs and synchronicities. I, I, I struggled with that for a while. So how, how do we trust well, first of all, that was something I had a very difficult time to go through. Is It was to love myself. If you love yourself, then you start opening up. Otherwise, you're always on, on, on your guard. So it's to love myself, look at myself in the morning, and instead of, eh, to, yeah, good morning. You know, So right away, you open up. You're more ready to receive than if you're, eh, eh no, <laughs> you know, um, then it's much more difficult. So it's to love yourself uh, that will allow you to be much more open. And when you're open, you see, you receive, you feel through all the different senses. That's that's very, very important. And all of us have 
to go through the blockages, I had to do that too, uh, you know, and, and the, the thing is to recognize them and to really be very serious and say, well, this is the way I am, so let's start with this. And it's not something you do in one day, but once you start to be aware of it, it helps because each time that you go in the direction you maybe should not, then then it appears and say, oh, well, maybe I should do it another way. So once you change that, then it's already a much easier way to go through life. But if you don't love yourself for whatever reason, then you can't trust yourself. You see? Mm, and right. another thing, your guides will not give you something that could be to your detriment. They give okay. you something to help you. That's also something important. So if you have beliefs that the devil is there and, you know, all these bad entities are looking for you to trip or worse, then, of course, it is difficult. But if you open your mind as well and trust yourself and you still have the choice. I mean, you might see several signs that will give you different directions and it's up to you at this point to say, okay, well, this one is better um, than that one, etc. So you you have um, you have the choice. You always have the choice. Okay. But uh, yeah, I know that a lot of people will fear that they are misguided or what they receive is not right. Once you get used to seeing the signs, it becomes so much easier. So it, do you um, think it's just more of awareness and just, you know, starting small and just, it's just a re repetition of paying attention to something. Like when you asked, when you ask the question, when you ask a question, how can I get out of the situation? What can I do? And, you know, one of the things I've always understood is just trying to calm yourself down before you're asked the question, because if you're in a height, heightened state of, of arousal from you know stress and fear and all like that it's hard to because your fear state it wants to create a solution to you and it's not usually the best solution but it's coming created out of fear so is it just main thing of just loving yourself but also calming yourself down um, yeah meditation meditation yeah okay that's, and that's when i give some exercises you know and the meditation i give is not sit down which for most westerner is not comfortable because people are not used to crossing their legs you know a certain way um i mean it's great but for some people it's very very um uncomfortable i tell people go take a walk in the woods or and then you're on a path, be very mindful of everything, the, the, the sound that you make on the gravel or maybe the dirt or whatever. Uh, listen, is there maybe a brook or river close by? Listen to the water, listen to the leaves rustle, you know, so it means there is a bit of wind, are they bird, etc. Immerse yourself in nature. And while you immerse yourself, you don't think, you don't have any negative thoughts of anything that that helps to open up and that's when suddenly communication can start you see you can hear 
maybe in your mind's eye you'll see something or in your inner ear you'll uh, you'll hear something that is not outside it's just you know maybe a sign from your 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 guides or your angel yeah i, so, I like that I, I love the idea of nature i am i'm always a big fan of that i always recommend and some of the things i'll do is just go for a quick walk just to get out of my environment and mother nature just has a, an amazing way of just it's almost like a it's like an energetic sponge it just cleans the crap off you so that mm -hmm. you are a little more open and you're just more awareness because you got a greater sense of focus outside of your yeah. environment so that you're not so narrow focused on the problem at hand yeah i like well, that the too pitch, the pitch is great too uh, what I do, because I was a dancer, so I, I go and dance, you know, I listen to the waves, the sound of the wave, the movement of the waves, and then I start dancing halfway in the water, halfway in the sand. Taught my granddaughter that that's something to teach kids too. And I had her listen to the to the to the to the waves and look at the movement of the waves, etc. And uh, I have beautiful pictures. She even closes her eyes and she is meditation at the same time. I mean, talking of a four-year-old girl, it's beautiful. And then she makes a distinction between what she sees on TV, you know, the movement that she, and the way her, she calls me Gigi, her way, her granny is teaching her, but she loves it. Um, and I have her listen to the birds. What do the birds do? And and the, you know the flight, etc. So it it's fun, and I want to do that with adults as well. I'm going to give a talk uh, at the end of October in un university, and the next morning I'm supposed to give a dance meditation, um, um, you know, session. Yeah, that so, should be that should be really interesting. Creating movement yeah. in meditation at the same time, because if your arms are flailing around and you're moving, you got to pay attention because you're going to end up in the wall or on the floor if you're not paying attention, right? So, yeah, I, but, I like that idea. But what what I do because uh, the way I teach that. You don't have to be a dancer. You could be in a wheelchair, as a matter of fact, and that's why I describe in my book. I say, well. If you want to sit, I'm thinking also of very old people who don't have a good balance. I said, stay seated and listen to the music or the sound. Maybe your, your hand will start moving, you know, like, or your head will start bobbing, and then suddenly the shoulder will go to, and then the, the arm, and then suddenly for those who can, you can get up, and suddenly you do a few steps, and, and then you're gone, you know? And I did, I did discover that one time I was looking for a music for meditation. It played, it was not a music for meditators, fun music. So there I was not in a good mood that morning, but I was moving and lasted, I don't know, four or five minutes. At the end of, ah, I could not remember exactly why I was mad or not feeling good because that was gone, you know? With the rhythm and all the movements and i was starting uh, it was perfect to start the medication meditation to be calm you know because all the mental kinks or whatever were gone so it's a good way also plus it's fun and i tell people do that when nobody's watching or turn your back and i would have people in a circle and then at some point turn their back to each other and they they move 
wherever they want. So there is no uh, self-confidence uh, of, oh, people are watching me, how do I move? No, no. Just have fun, enjoy. It doesn't have to be a dancer movement, but use your body. And, and so that's another way. And there are several other ways to, to, to do things. And also, um, oftentimes, people, especially when they're a bit older, um, want to do things like when they were a little kid, like stamp in mud. I know somebody who does that with our granddaughter. <laughs> so you're basically saying try to get into your inner child and try to get into it's that and get into extremely important because being a child is true and it's right there within us it wants to do certain things but the adult way of thinking nah, 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 you don't do that you don't do that when actually it's a lot of fun to 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 do something that uh well supposedly you don't do that at a certain age but <laughs> But that's how you stay youthful. And I think that's, you know, it's one of the bigger blocks because that inner child really understands and it still has that connection to the divine. It still has that access to that. And being in that childlike, you know, playfulness and things like that, you get away from the adult, you know, brain that's just constantly worrying and the hamster and the wheel kind of spinning all the time. Because, I can't that, do that because it's not proper. It's a... Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one thing that I know these days. I just don't care like to have like that. I just yeah, okay, let's just do it. And I think the idea with the idea with you know movement too as well, and it's just creating and moving that energy because everything you know is stuck energy within the body, and helping moving it like you you know it's like creating or opening up like you say, and it's opening up the pathways of energy, light, information, just movement, and it allows like a bigger access to the information around you because you become more aware of what's happening in your body, but also around you too. So I really kind of like that idea. I think I may have to start dancing in yeah. my apartment here, throw a little music on here. And... Yeah, or just just go outside, even if you if it's a street with just trees, just choose one tree, look at the tree, stop and look at the tree because the branches might be interesting, the, the leaves might be interesting, there might be a bird or two, you know, I mean, there are things, or the, the way the sun is uh, shining through. Um, there are lots of things uh, touching the bark too, depending on the tree, that can also be very interesting. There are so many things to do with the uh, elements of nature. Yeah. And it's free. I mean, it's not that you have to spend a lot of money uh, to do that. It's It's all free. And at the same time, it brings a lot of pleasure, you know, suddenly you're... The child within is happy, so you're happy. <laughs> and, and that's and that's so important. Is happiness is such a big thing. So, you know, in closing, I just wanted to ask you, you know, what are some of the things you want my listeners to know about the book? What are some of the things that little takeaways that they can take away from the show today, whether you're listening or you're watching the podcast right now? What are some of the things that maybe they can take away today? What is well, one think... or one really juicy tidbit that we can take away? I think there are many people out there who uh, refuse to acknowledge, although they know, they sense there is something more than themselves, than their body, but they, 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 they don't want to acknowledge that. If they were acknowledging it, opening up, suddenly their lives 
would be so different because they would see things that were there all the time, but suddenly it's, oh, oh, and that will be helpful, that will make me happier, think of something, and suddenly, oh, it happens, you know, and it doesn't happen necessarily the way they were expecting. That's also uh, something very important for the readers. If you wish something, do not expect it to come according to what you expect. It might come from something totally different. It might come, you open a book, poof, there is one word right there, or the newspaper, there is one word, and it's exactly the word you need to push you forward. Or you hear a sound uh, and, and or a music that takes you back to a certain time when you were with a certain person. That person might be the key for the problem you have, etc. You know, there are so many things. If we open up and look at what is offered to us with a new, fresh look, then certainly there will be so much coming out uh, to help you. Yeah. Wow. I, I and love we're that. Never alone. My, my big thing is we are never alone. Yeah. And that's I, something to remember. I love that. It's so, so perfect. So, so great information to understand and, and to really understand that is, is, is a blessing too, as well. And that being said, so if somebody were looking to follow you on your social media, where can they find the book, all that good stuff. So let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can, you know, find you on social okay, media. My book, my book, uh, yeah. <laughs> my book, um, is available uh, on Amazon. It's called Wings from Above. Beautiful. And you can go also, you can, um, it's on audiobook, it's on um, ebook and then uh, paperback. Uh, you can also go to my website, which is wingsfromabove.com. And you'll get a lot of information there on how to contact me, etc. as well. Okay. So yeah, go to Amazon and look for the book. And yeah. then uh, when you're on my um, uh, website, you can also sign up with my newsletter because there is so much <laughs> that I'm preparing now. If you're interested, I can I can tell you what I'm going to do next, which means next year there will be quite a lot of things happening. Yeah, that's, um, that sounds really good. Like I'm I'm really interested about that child's book because I know I have a lot of people be interested in that and uh, in the stories and helping children on that too as well. Yeah. So uh, the, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know as a, as a book is progressing. I will let you know uh, what's happening just just to let you know. That sounds fantastic. So uh, everybody listening or watching the videos too as well, I'll have Lillian's information in the description below. So I'll have all the website information, you know, all the links too as well. So you can be able to follow her, pick up the book, all that good stuff. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a delight to speak with you. All right, beautiful. Well, I'm, everybody, I'm just going to close off the podcast here. This has been the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott. Thank you so much for following and listening, and goodbye for now.